Welcome to this week's episode of LAOFC Weekly. We are here, and we're going to be talking about award predictions and Anna and the Apocalypse. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hey, everyone. Scott Menzel here. Welcome back. We had a week off last week for Ven- uh, for Thanksgiving. Well, I don't know what I was going to say for vacation, uh, which it is a mini vacation for me every week. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I, of course, am Scott Menzel. I am the founder of this organization as well as We Live Entertainment. But joining me today, and if you're curious about this song that was playing, it's from this movie called Anna and the Apocalypse, which we will be talking about very shortly. But first and foremost, my panel today, let's start with the man, the myth, the legend from Forbes. Who is this? Who is this man I'm talking to? He may be the other, other Scott M. He just may be another Scott M. Go for it, man. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here as always. (laughs) Thank you for that lovely introduction. You're welcome. I hope to live up to that. And one of these days, I'll become so legendary that every time I walk into a room, the theme from Hunchback of Notre Dame will play. Ooh, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh my gosh. Bottom. Bottom. Okay. I'm hearing the song. I'm like, I'm wanting to sing along. My God. Uh, Jimmy O from Joe Blow. I think I love it. Love being here. Thanks for having I me. I always in. love having you guys on. It's always a pleasure. And you're so fun and so animated. That's yes, what I love about I, it. I, you, I try to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I try to be. Mendelssohn, especially, look at him. He's really, really animated today. I'm feeling full it. of energy. <laughs> it's amazing. You're going to be it. dancing out of the aisles later. Yes, you will. Oh, my gosh. Yes, you will. So uh, here we're going to run this show today. So um, as, you, as you may recall, we used to follow a formula here on this show, but because we're in peak award season right now, those, those rules went all out the window. So we only do the movie pick of the week, and then we talk about some random award stuff. Because we're voting, we, we do have a critics organization. That is why we have this show. And we are doing our nominations this weekend, and the full list will be posted on Monday. Uh, check your emails. Check Newswire's wherever the hell you go for news it'll be posted on monday but we're going to talk about our uh, predictions of uh, our, of our personal choices for nominations for a couple of categories but first and foremost we need to talk about the movie pick of the week uh i'm gonna let you announce the uh, movie pick of the week today mr wow. uh, jimmy o i'm honored well you know after a, a pretty great week I'm, I'm really happy to say anna and the apocalypse is our movie pick of the week and it is so, so utterly deserving. I, I, I'm in love with this movie. Every bit of it. Every, it's a musical, Christmas, zombie, rom-com, drama, everything. <laughs> coming you, of age film. It's coming like of age film. film. If you like Shaun yeah. of the Dead and La La Land and the Buffy musical... You are in for a treat. That's all I'm saying. There you go. Well, I'll say more, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I feel bad. I don't want to ruin this for Mendelssohn, I'll but I, I, mean, I, mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, I just really... Uh, I love this film, too. Mm-hmm. I think it's just an incredible... Just a fun out there movie. It's not flashy. It just embraces what it is. Mm-hmm. The music numbers work. It moves the, sto- the story forward. It's... It, the cast is so lovable. You don't really know most of these people, mm-hmm. but they're so great in the and roles. And it has depth. And it has you depth. You actually care. And you care about the characters. You care. Yes, 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 yes. And yes. it's gory. It's actually gory. It's This is one of those rare genre mashups that just works every genre. The musical, the numbers are... Uh, I have the soundtrack. I'm, it's in the car. I'm listening to it all the time. The, the gory stuff is great. And that cast... 
I can't. Yeah, you you can't say enough about them. No, they are delightful, and, and Ella is amazing. As Ella Anna. Hunt, and, and, uh, oh. Mar, 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 um, Michael De Quinta. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you're friends with him. If you guys know him, uh, I've known him for a couple of years now. Me and him are musical fanboys. We always talk about musicals whenever we see each other. And he made a prediction that she should get the uh, lead role in Wicked when they announce the movie. I agree. And, and I agree with him. Yeah. So I'm just, every time I have an opportunity to say that somewhere publicly, I'm going to be saying that. I'll, you know, and I'm going to plug this really quick since we're doing that. Um, at the Arclight in Hollywood this weekend, Saturday at 8.30 and 9.30, and Sunday at 5, I'm going to be moderating a Q&A with the director and one of the cast members of Anna the Apocalypse. And... Please come. I mean, if you're in the LA area, please come. Because I swear to God, you're going to be singing in the aisles. It's yeah. amazing. Amazing. All right. We will not spoil this movie anymore for Scott Mendelson. <laughs> I'm seeing uh, it about I, three hours. It, yes. Uh, <laughs> I hope it lives up to the hype. Uh, it doesn't have to. I've been be like, It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. All right. So, Is it better than Boy Erased? I like Boy Erased I a lot. I like Boy Erased. Yeah. Oh, it I made like me Boy mad. But I like, I like it. the miseducation of Cameron Post much better. Did oh. you? Yeah. Mm. I'm yeah. actually the reverse on that. Fair enough. Interesting. I didn't see that one, so I, I can't that was judge a digre- That was a joke that backfired into digression. <laughs> Back to the subject at hand. Darn. Oh, no, we're going to move into award season, so you did make a good segue. Um, Brilliant. All right, so we we do something very different here at the LAOFCS, and we break down our uh, category for director. We do best male director and best female director. I know that this is a tends to be a little bit of a controversial choice. What doesn't in this Senate? <laughs> and uh, it's kind of funny that we're talking about this with an all male panel today. Um, but so 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 be so be it. Um, but we we put this to a vote this year to make sure if we wanted to keep this category or not, or just put it as one and. Most people want it as two categories, and I think until the industry starts, you know, producing more love for female filmmakers and female talent, this is a good place to have, and I'm glad we're able to celebrate so much work of great female filmmakers and writers and things of that nature. So let's start with that category. Um, Who do you have, Mendelssohn, for this? Uh, Deborah Granick for Leave No Trace. Okay. Um, this is her follow-up to Winter's... Not sequel, but it's, it's her next film after Winter's Bone. It came out this summer. It was one of the under-the-radar indie films, but it still made about $6 million, which by today's standards is actually pretty impressive. Um, it stars Ben Foster, and I'm going to mispronounce her name, so I... Thomason McKenzie, who mm. also deserves some awards love and a... You know, in a more fair world. Um, and it basically involves a war vet and his teenage daughter who live quite literally off the grid. Um, they live in the forest. They live wherever they can, you know, make a home for themselves. Uh, he is dealing with PTSD, and this is his, for better or worse, way of coping. And the film details how their lives change once they are, this is first act stuff, once mm-hmm. they are discovered and sort of forced to live in something resembling a more conventional quote unquote civilized you know, uh, environment. Mm-hmm. It's very moving, it's very low key. Um it's very grounded and it's very good. Um <laughs> I mean it's excellent. It's one of the better films of the summer if not the year. I haven't done all that tiddlywinks yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and 
you know, as someone that would like to see more movies from more, more than once every eight years, uh, I did think it deserves a shout out. Good. How about you? Who's a who's a pick for you? It's a hard one. I, I'm kind of right now in between uh, as as favorite. Uh, I I really like Lynn Ramsey. I've always liked her. I oh. like what she off. And of course, uh, you were never really here. Uh, I, I think it's a really interesting movie. It's and I just saw it uh, finally. Finally, I was. I, I don't know if I would call the movie great, but. As a director, I'm like, yeah, I think she did an incredible job. Joaquin is amazing. So I really like that one. But I also like Karen Kasama, what she did with The Destroyer. I, I think it's visually a, just an impressive work uh, between her and Nicole Kidman. May, again, maybe not the movie itself is a great, great, great film. But those two together, yeah, I, I, those are two uh, probably my top picks so far. But I've got more to watch this weekend. <laughs> it's in- it's interesting because you you pick Lynn, Lynn Ramsey, who's also on my list. I would I that's probably near the top. Yeah. Um, I did not love uh, Leave No Trace as much as you did. I know I know You're wrong. I I know I'm wrong. It's yeah. it's completely it fine. Um, and I'm but, watching but, it this but, weekend. But I will <laughs> say that the direction of that movie is very solid and. Um, I get what it's going for, and I do appreciate it for what it is. I just didn't fall in love with it as much as other people did. This could be a deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I want to give some love to someone else. Speaking of a, a female director who doesn't get to have her voice very often, and that is Tamara Jenkins for uh, Private Life, which I feel is one of the most underrepresented films this year it came out at sundance um and i don't know if it's suffering because of the fact that it's netflix and they're really pushing roma but i feel like there just has not been enough talk about this film not only because of her superb direction but also for paul giamatti and Catherine hahn just remarkable together two people who you look at the names and you look at them on paper and you say there's no way that these two people should be in a movie together and they're just perfect together is it i don't think there's any movie that Catherine hahn shouldn't be in she's amazing she has so much range she has so much range everything one of my favorites yeah uh do you have another pick for this category Actually, those were my next few picks. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. How about for you? I, You know the movie, I didn't. I know it didn't get love, love, but I actually thought, as a film, again, beautiful movie was Mary, Queen of Scots. I, I, yes. I, 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 Josie Rourke. It's, uh, I had to look up the name. It's, it's such a beautiful movie. I mean, it, it, you know, again, and I, again I, I'm loving this kind of trend of women leading these films. Like, they, you know, you have Shirt Sir Sharon and you have Margot Robbie. And directed by a woman, and it's really cool. It's a it's a beauty. I'm a I'm a sucker for period pieces, so like I like that kind of history. Although there is another period piece I like better, which yes. we'll, you know, we'll, yes. talk, we'll about talk about that a little bit Yeah, but but yeah, I would go with that. That would be probably my three top choices okay. for now. I, I have a couple to watch this weekend. The one that I wanted to point out that I, I think people are, are totally glancing over, and I mean, maybe it's just my love of the, the two lead actors in this, as well as just how much this movie works for me, is uh, Set It Up, Claire Scanlon. For that movie, just this is just a throwback to just the way that rom coms used to be and how delightful they were, and it has such a great cast uh, led by Zoe Deutsch, and I just uh. really, really, really enjoyed the hell out of this movie, and um, I feel like this movie again, it was one that had a very nice life during June when it first came out, and then it kind of just sizzled 
away and no one's really talking about it now. But well, I mean, to be fair, I don't think it was considered an awards picture. And what I liked about it, A, it's good. B, it showed that while Netflix has been struggling with comparatively blockbustery type pictures, um, they've actually found a bit of a niche in the mainstream romantic comedy because because of the you know comparatively low expense, mm-hmm. the comparatively low production values, and the emphasis on writing and acting and character chemistry, they can create things like Set It Up or All the Boys Love... Uh, I love before, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. no okay. I I before. Not Mandy um, Lane. <laughs> Alex Strange Love. Yeah, uh, The Kissing Booth, which is yeah. a good movie, oh, I but like. I'm not the demographic. Yeah. Um, where they can, in fact, approximate the old 1980s and 1990s romantic comedies. Mm. Where it does feel as good as the quote-unquote multiplex-friendly versions of that specific subgenre. I don't want to go too much into detail about this, but I, I'm glad you brought this up. I feel like where Netflix is really succeeding right now is in that, like, the teenage romantic comedy demographic. I just watched uh, Sarah Burgess is a Loser, yeah. which I really enjoyed as well. Mm. Um, I was not that big a fan of all the boys I loved before, but I, I get where the demographic was for that, and I understand why that works. Um, Alex Strangelove. The other thing that I've noticed they're doing, and I know you don't, you don't agree with this, but what I've noticed this new trend is that they're doing these slew of holiday movies that seem to be trending really well. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where Netflix is going to really start succeeding is that I think they need to move away from the big budget movies and they just need to focus on like these these almost I don't want to say like they're made for TV movies, but those types of movies, ones that have a smaller budget and can just have a few, you know, have its specific audience. And I think that's going to work for them. I think in an earlier time, you know, 1980s, 1990s, late 90s, especially, you know, you did have TV movies that looked like polished professional films yeah sure yeah um, i'm not talking about you know the the early 90s ripped from the headlines crime whatever <laughs> those are my yeah, favorite five amy, amy fisher movies favorite. um oh yeah <laughs> I, I, I have a fun yes um, mother may i sleep with danger is one of my favorites that is the greatest title of all time oh my god so good um <laughs> but yes i do agree with you on that um and i think you know i i, I do hope that they are pulling him back on trying to have the next Hollywood blockbuster, yeah. a because all due respect, so far they're not very good at it, and b because quite frankly, I think the multiplex blockbuster is getting better. Yes. So I think yeah. if, if you know this year, in the last two years, I think we've had a very strong, you know, quote unquote tentpole, quote unquote event movie offerings. So if you know you can have stuff that's worth going to see in a theater, along with sort of forgotten genres that are very good on Netflix, yeah, they both win. So they're yeah. not constantly competing with each other. I yeah. agree. I agree. Um, I completely forgot. Let me give a quick shout out to Maria Heller's Can You Ever Forgive Me? Oh, which yeah. Oh, is yeah. a very well-directed movie that I think will probably fall under the radar, at least for her, because it's such an acting showcase. Yes. Uh, you know, Melissa McCarthy and Richard D. E. Grant, you know, it's basically a two-hander with a couple other you know, glorified cameos. And it's a very good movie. It's very moving. It's very funny. Um, but it is a movie, it, it sort of reminds you that no movie really directs itself. So even if it's not something as big and blustery as a Mission Impossible movie, or as, you know, very directed with a capital D, like, you know, you were never here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these films don't make themselves. You know, yeah. even if it is a two-piece, two-character, you know, comedy or a character piece, you know, they don't, they aren't good, they aren't good by accident. 
No, it's absolutely true. It's good. And I'm glad you gave that movie a shout out. I think that one's going to get a lot of love in our group. Probably, I really yeah. I, 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 that one. I've, that's another one for the weekend. You have to watch. I have a lot to watch this weekend. <laughs> All right, moving on to male director. Um, I'm going to start this one because I'm going to. I want to give a very oddball choice here because I feel like this is not on anyone's list, but something that I feel like he really deserves. This is Peter Hedges for Ben is back. I absolutely, absolutely, I would agree with that. That is a beautifully directed. That is a great film. He got me to see this one. He's Kept pushing me to see it, and I, I wanted to. Yeah, but my God, what a what a powerhouse film! It, it feels, it, you know, we, we we there's a lot of movies this year where they feel very personal. Um, this one I feel felt very personal. Mm-hmm. Performances are very raw. Uh, again, it's it's very similar, uh, not in tone to Can You Ever Forgive Me, but it's it's very much a two person show, yeah. and it's the two of them going back and forth, and just the way these certain scenes in these movies that he captures are just they're haunting. And it's just an incredible film, and I, and I hope more people go see it next weekend when it opens. Yeah, me too, me too. It's it's, it's an emotional punch, but it's uh, wow. It's well, I think almost everyone can relate to something in that movie, and and Julia Roberts and Lucas Hedges, I uh, just outstanding performances. Yeah, did you see that one yet? Not yet. It's okay. on my list because I like her. Yeah, yeah, so. she's great. Uh, go. How about you, Jimmy? Give us one for director. You know, I, I'm kind of predictable. There is one movie that I've been talking about that I love, and I want to see Bradley Cooper get love. I love Star is Born. I, I I was I remember seeing the trailer and like this is a really good trailer. This is a really there's no way the movie could be this good. And I saw the movie. And I'm like, holy crap! This is it's it's raw. It's passionate. It's powerful. It's moving. It's it's really a beautiful movie, and he did an amazing job. It feels alive. It feels brutal it feels emotionally honest and and it and the the concert sequences look gorgeous oh yeah i i I love this film and i i would be i would i don't think he'd get both for best actor and and i i think there's probably better performances male lead wise but i would say yeah i'm going for cooper okay I'm going for a very boring choice, and I apologize, but Spike Lee for Black Clowns. No, not that boring is not, at all. That is not a boring, boring choice. That was on my list. I think he might too. win the Oscar, so it's not exactly a uh, out of left field. Album. What an uh, amazing movie. Um, it is, it certainly is best mainstream movie in a while. I mean, I do like Chirac. Uh, I do like, you know, any number of his documentaries. And, and I mean, for a guy that's as known as well as he is for being a feature filmmaker, you know, if he wasn't known as a feature film director, he'd be known as a great documentary filmmaker. Yeah, but yeah. I'm getting off the plot. Um, this is a film that, unfortunately, is the movie of the moment in terms of encapsulating where we are as a country and the fact that we are in the same place we've been <laughs> since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. And that any idea that we have progressed politically, socially, and racially was a mirage or a, a temporary you know, upswing. Um it is a rare movie that uses the past, uses a past and story of, in this case, racial strife, not to say, hey, look how bad things were back then. Aren't we better now? <laughs> movies that I like that do that. I like Green Book. Yeah. Um, I like fine. The Help. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is a film that uses that almost as a subtle, under the blanket kind of, again, it, it gets you. Yeah, it's not really till the end that, you know, you're okay. No, he's not. You know, this is right now. And what I, uh, but the movie overall, it's it's about the mundane normalization of bigotry. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that, you know, the, these characters, and I don't mean this as an insult, because I think it's why the movie works, is they're boring. You know, they're relatively run-of-the-mill people that happen to be, you know, card-carrying racists. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, they're not supervillains. They're not cross-burners. They're not, you know, it's it's it's... And I think... You know, by not making a choice to either humanize them, oh, gee, they also love their family, blah, 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 or make them somewhat extravagant, like, you know, pick your favorite Nazi from your favorite Holocaust movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think it, it does a great, I don't want to say a service, because that's patronizing, but while also being a very funny picture. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, John David Washington is excellent in this picture. Adam Driver gives a wonderful supporting turn. Um but it is a film that what I think what stuck out to me about it is how not outrageous, how not controversial, how not extreme it is, both in terms of its subject matter, in terms of how it's made. He, while using a few flourishes here and there, it is Spike Lee, mm-hmm. allows the material to speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. I, I will never forget the Harry Belafonte scene. Oh my gosh, that's just... Oh, it's a and remarkable the, and, scene. And the other scene where it's just the faces in the darkness, it's like... Oh, during God, the speech? Oh, what a beautiful Yeah, during film. the speech, yeah. yeah. I, w- I would have no problems if he won. No yeah, problem. what no. a great what a great job he did with that. I think it's one of definitely in the top three of my Spike Lee films. Yeah, it's I would great. agree. It's great. Uh, uh, one for me. Uh, I'm, I hope I don't butcher this. Yorgos Lathamos for the favorite. Absolutely, just a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous film. <laughs> um, Amazing. Talk about taking a period piece and spinning it and putting it on its head. I mean, this is just a a gorgeous looking movie, and it's wacky and wild. And uh, I, I kind of go hit and miss with him as a director. I know you mentioned that you liked Lobster. I'm, Love the Lobster. I'm more of a fan of The Killing of the Sacred Deer. Okay. Um, but this this one, I think, is his his best to date. And uh, the, just everything about this, even the performances and just the wacky humor. The only thing I would say about this movie that I didn't like so much was the chapter inserts because I think it made a movie feel a little bit too long because I was kind of like, how many chapters are there? And it just kind of kept going and I was kind of yeah. like, uh, I want this to kind of end now. Like, it, it's great and the, it's wacky, but like, can we can we come to a close now, please? You know, I've seen it twice and it actually gets, it moves quicker every it time. Does, it does. Every okay. time it moves I quicker. I most movies do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wish I had time to see movies twice before I reviewed them. Right, because quite often my initial complaints about pacing would lessen or evaporate. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's true. I have that same reaction. Maybe it's just because I know where the story's going, so I can. Um, I mean, there's some movies that that take the yeah. opposite. That you you're like, oh, you you're you're in the moment and you're feeling yeah. it, and you're like, oh, maybe there's a lot of hype around it, and then you see it the second time, and you're like, eh. um. And also, you know, when I'm when I'm able to see a movie for a second time, by default, I'm able to pay more attention to how the pieces go yeah. make into a puzzle. Um, but yeah, the favorite, I I loved it. It's so much fun. Speaking, of, I'm glad you brought this up. I did a poll last week on my Twitter because I was so curious about this. So I asked people before you make your best of list, how many times do you see um, a movie? And I was very surprised that um, once came in second place to that. I, I, I thought that the vast majority, which it was the vast majority of people said two or three times. I agree. Yeah. But but it was weird that there was like a big percentage. I want to say it was like 30, 30 to 35% of people said once. Because I get that like a movie's not going to have the same effect when you rewatch it in terms of like being like wowing. 
mm-hmm. as wowing. But at the same time, when you revisit something, in my mind, if it holds up that second time, it shows how good of a movie it was. I agree. Well, and these are movies that are you have basically the best of the best, the cream of the crop. So you're, most of them you'll probably be able to sit through a couple times, unless it's something really disturbing and dark. I don't know if I could watch, say... Uh, you were never really here. here yeah, again. Like that's that's a good example. But like, but or first gen- reformed, which is another great movie. But I, it's not like yeah, that's a crowd pleaser. I want to go sit back yeah, and watch that, was that really movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I the fountain I've actually watched three times. Oh yeah, and I, I I've loved every single time. And I I keep it's it's really hard to like how can you pick a best performance too from that? I, I think I, I go with Olivia Coleman because it's just insane and. I know people like that woman. <laughs> so yeah. It's insane. I loved it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's beautiful film. Am Great. I the only one that thinks it's absurd that she's being run as lead in the two of them are supporting? Everyone, I know, I think I everyone, she's supporting. Uh, yeah. She's supporting I mean, actress. Rachel Wise is the protagonist. Uh, uh, Emma, Emma Stone, Stone is the, is the lead. Yes. And Coleman mm-hmm. is the MacGuffin. It's, well, mm-hmm. there's, this, there's this thing that came out. I don't know if it was just my friend who said this, but they said, someone said like it was like category fraud. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it just it just feels like Coleman is not the lead of this movie. It's no. Emma Stone's movie. It's Emma Stone. It sets up. The movie opens with Emma Stone, yeah. and it follows her to the end. And it's her journey. On her. Yes, it's her. her journey. It's like, you know, it's heat, but you're running Val Kilmer as best actor. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. so strange. Oh, God, that last scene. Oh, my God. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Go see this movie. It's um, wild. It's actually what I think is interesting is... is it's his most commercial picture, but yeah, I would argue, for sure, it's the only one you could you know tell your grandmother to see, yeah, and she'd probably enjoy it, yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't think it it sacrifices anything, any of the stuff that makes him unusual. No, it, it it's, um, a, it's, a, it's such a visual feast. Yeah. The way he the way he uses the fish the, the, the fish, fish eye lens, yeah, it's it's like it's weird. You never think that, and you're like, wait, it's kind of perfect, actually. Yeah. But Do you have another pick? Uh for male director, yeah. Uh, or I only did one for all the categories. It's okay. Time. But no, I mean, you know, he's never going to get nominated. Or, and I even, but maybe in our but group he will. Christopher McQuarrie for Mission Impossible 6. There you go. Oh, um, okay. Honestly, I like Rogue Nation better, but... Me too. You know, in terms of putting the pieces together, in terms of making a coherent film, especially when, you know, if what he says is true, they didn't necessarily have an entire script when they were shooting this. Um, the fact that it looks as good as it does, it plays as well as it does... That it is a high IQ popcorn entertainment that, you know, basically lets you have your cake and eat it too. Um, it is, you know, in an ideal world, all big scale blockbusters would be at least as good as Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, it's pretty and amazing. And I think there's something to be said for him being able to make that kind of movie very well. Also Rogue Nation, also Jack Reacher, which is a very good, you know, guns and explosions action thriller. Mm-hmm. You know, it's from six years ago. It had the bad luck to be the first, you know, guns and ammo film to come out after the Newtown shootings. Yes. But, you know, six years later, it's aged very well um, as a very high-quality, pulpy picture. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's value in recognizing, you know, the top-tier blockbuster movies. Perhaps even a popular film category, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> How about for you? You got one more? You know, I, I'm th- I'm going to stick with, and it's going to be unpopular here, I think. Uh, I, and I can't even pronounce his last name. Luca got what? What the hell? Got a Luke? Got a Luke Joe? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't I, I thought Suspiria was stunning. I, I visually, it, I I could not take my eyes off this thing. It, you know, I, I interviewed him for it, and I, I said to him like, "This doesn't look like if I was watching this." 
this on TV. I if if you don't know any of these characters, you're like, when was this made? This is a '70s film. To make that a reality is amazing. I I love this movie, and I, it's just wonderfully watchable. And I, I get I I'm still I want you to see it again. I want you to give it one more chance. Now. Give it a chance. All right. It's it's visually stunning, and and it, because if you think of it, it's not really a horror film. It, no, it, no, no, at all, and and that's no. why I I think it, it warrants the two and a half hour time. It's just one of those things where I'm just like I was totally enraptured with it the entire time, and uh, yeah, and the direction was gorgeous. It's like lounging in a bubble bath, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very it's odd considering how grotesque it is sometimes, but it's a very relaxing, it's incredibly picture. grotesque. You know, it takes its time. You know, it's a you know, it's a it's a fun place to visit, even if you wouldn't want to live there. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, I don't necessarily think it's this great artistic masterpiece of our time, but it's a lot of fun. Mm. I, I genuinely enjoy it, even as someone that generally considers his films the kind that I appreciate more than enjoy. I had a good time with Suspiria. No, yeah. I'm I'm the masterpiece guy, but yeah, I I, yeah. I just I was so blown away. You and Eric thinking. Eisenberg. I mean, Eric yeah. Eisenberg in our group, he loves it. I mean, he put that. We we did a group. Pick over the last night into today, which we'll be sharing with everyone on Twitter later today, mm-hmm. of uh, one movie that we recommend seeing before award season. And it's interesting because he put that one. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's I, great. I love it. I, I know a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of people across the globe didn't get to see it because it just didn't play no. in their cities. And that's it's a shame. Cause Amazon I'm, has had a very rough year. Yeah, it's Every, a shame. Everything has fizzled for them, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, let's move on to Best Actress. Okay. All right. So let's see. Who should we go? We'll go Mendelssohn first. Uh, I hope I pronounced this right, but Amanda Steinberg for the yes, 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 amazing. Yes. She's great. Uh, it's one of my favorite films of the year. Uh, I mean, it's it's second. It's like I have my favorite film, which readers, if you know me, you can probably guess what it is. Got the hate you give and like everything else. Like it's a coin toss for eight through ten or whatever. Um, it's a terrific movie star performance. Yeah, it is the kind of film and the kind of work that like. Shailene Woodley's work in the uh, The Fault in Our Stars yes, yes. would absolutely be considered an Oscar-worthy f- performance if it was in a more Oscar-respectable genre. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it didn't do terribly well financially because p- people are bluffing on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but that's... I whine about that all the time. Yep. Also, Widows. Um, Walla Davis, if she gets nominated, I'll be thrilled too. Yeah. But, no, it's... it's it's In a just world, it would be a star-making performance. It is such a good, commercial, mainstream, high-quality character drama that should darn well be Hollywood's bread and butter. And it, I, While but, also I can't believe it. somewhat subverting the young adult fantasy franchise trope. And making it good. And making it good. And basically <laughs> taking all the stuff that used to be subtext mm-hmm. about the Hunger Games and Twilight and, uh, you know, the Maze Runner and Divergent mm-hmm. and... Making that text. Treating it respectfully. Yes. And not t- treating it like, oh, it's like I'm a little teenage girl and this is my story. It's it's very yes. it's very deep. It's um, very dark and beautiful. And it's 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 so there's so much movie in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of long movies this season. This is a hundred and thirty-five minute movie that is jam-packed with just great individual moments, great individual performances. Mm-hmm. And, and did you realize she did the last song? She performs the last song in the movie. I did not know that. I did yes. not know that. That really gorgeous ballad that they, it's kind of a pop, upbeat ballad. That is her. Well, they needed Same. to end on that. I mean, like the <laughs> mm-hmm. way that the movie is. I mean, 
It's, it's a heavy film. That and, girl is talented, man. Oh, she was incredible. <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm so glad I, I, I put her on my list, too. She's my top choice for yeah. this category because this is a, a star-making performance, like you said. It is just a, a, a performance that people are not talking about. And, and I don't know why because this movie got such great reaction at Toronto. And since then, it just kind of has, again, uh, the word I've been using is sizzled out. Yeah. It just, mm-hmm. it just kind of disappeared. And you want to talk about a movie that addresses so many different issues. This movie does yeah. that. It talks about the difference in social classes. Um, it talks about what it's like, you know, kind of being one person and then having to be another person in front of yeah. different people. It has this, the whole racial card thing, which you can, you can talk about with this film, and it handles it so beautifully through the eyes of a young girl. Something that we've had a lot of movies about race this year, but this one is doing that differently. It's true, a young 18-year-old, 17, 18-year-old girl mm-hmm. who you kind of can see this perspective, a very unique and different perspective, not from the traditional guy point of view, even though you do have the supporting cast where you get to see that in as well. So I, I just, I, I love her in this movie, and, and I am going to be devastated if she's not in this this movie is not in at least one of our categories this year i'm like it has to be has to be be. because it's just that great sorry (laughs) no and i i agree fully i I, you i finally saw it and i I fell in love with it it's a wonderful film and her she i i like her in everything i liked her in that darkest minds i did too she was really good not putting their money where their mouth is exactly yep exactly uh how about for you well Obvious. Uh, I, I'm all about Lady Gaga. I, I the the second okay again the second I saw the film that scene in, where she's in the restroom I, I was like I'm not I wasn't really a fan of hers I really didn't care either way. I was watching the scene I'm like hmm and then pretty much every moment on screen she she's amazing it's it's such a it's very hard to play kind of a. a, a an idea of who you are as who she is in the eyes of the public. It's such a perfect performance because she doesn't, she never overdoes it. It it, it never feels forced. It never feel it's, it's just a perfect performance. It really is. And and the chemistry she has with Bradley is, I I don't think I've seen better chemistry in a film this year. I just, I haven't, it's really gorgeous. And, uh, I loved her and I, am again, I, I'm now a huge fan. I even got her a couple of her old albums. So I, I mean, I think she gives a very emotional performance riveting. I I mean, she's, she's incredible. She really holds this film on her shoulders. A lot of it. I mean, it, it is, that's why I think in terms of the film itself, why I would say, Bradley Cooper for director, not so much actor, because I just feel like she's really the weight of the film, and it relies so Mm. much on her performance and how she handles it, because she's the one, she is the star being born, so she is the center of the story. Yeah, and I mean, look, he's amazing in it. He doesn't, he he is great. Probably my favorite performance of his. But with that said, this is hers. This is her. She makes every moment count, and, and every song, every. Every dialogue that the scene in the bathtub where he, he basically tells her some not nice things. Yes, yeah. I, I I'm like she reacts exactly the way someone would react. It, it's such a brilliant performance, yeah. and yeah, she's hands down mine. One that I want to throw out here, and I'm curious what you guys think because it was a movie that came out very early in the year that I feel like a lot of groups again are not talking about. Sizzling out, baby, uh, is Tully. Charlize yeah. Theron and Tully. Just another terrific powerhouse performance. Uh, one that I feel like if they swapped the release date with Frontrunner with Tully, it would have been a better choice and 
Charlize would be in a lot of people's conversation right now. Yeah, I think that's a movie. It might be one of my 10 best of the year. I haven't done the math yet. Mm. Uh, she's definitely in my five when I fill out your the form. Yeah. And I think that's a film that unfortunately got whacked by call-out culture in terms of, you know, you, you we complain a lot about the internet, basically, you know, this movie's problematic, here's why, you know, and, and big movies can survive that. You know, Peter Rabbit can survive people complaining about the food allergy scene or people yeah. complain about whether Star is Born is enough about her and too much about him or, you know, whatever well, controversy yeah, yeah. about Green Book is going on this week. Yeah. But small films that people don't necessarily know about, when you Google Tully and the first eight results on Google are why this movie is problematic for how it deals with, I'm not going to give it away, but it's subject yeah. matter that kills it. Yeah. Uh, and it was so frustrating to me to see that because so much of that was written and passed around before the film even came out by people who had not seen the film. I know. People who had just seen the trailer or, or, or had seen the film and were upset that how dare the movie, you know, a relatively grim movie have a lighthearted trailer. I don't know how marketing works. Um, but yes, putting that aside, it's a terrific character piece. Um, and it's a very relatable picture. It's a very empathetic picture. And, you know, she has been so good for so long mm. that I think we're at a point of taking her for granted. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is one that's definitely worth seeing before you write your lists. Absolutely. And I'm sorry I stepped on your toes. No, 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 no. I wanted no, I wanted you. I wanted to, pa- wanted to pass it along because I wanted to see if someone else felt the same way I did. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Jimmy, do you have a last one you would, would point I out? I do. And I, how can you not have Elsa Fisher? Elsie Fisher. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes. my. She, this is her movie. And she's every minute you see this poor girl going through the worst humiliating experiences of junior high, and she does it with just charm and and delight, and and you feel and she's not afraid to be a jerk to her dad. The, every moment with her dad, just ah, uh, that was tears. <laughs> I was like, I love eighth grade. I, that that probably will be one of my picks for best picture and best director as well. I. Yeah, best first feature, best great true actress. Yeah, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. And she and we got we met her at that party and yeah, she's she really amazing. that delightful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I, I would love to see her get some serious and I think she will. Yeah. I think she's gonna get a lot of attention for this movie. I think so too. Good for her. Moving on to best actor. Uh this category I think is very complicated. I mean <sighs> actress is very complicated too, but these are the two hardest categories oh this my year. Gosh. So many uh, great performances. Yeah, so so many. I mean, someone was like, "How come you didn't put Bra- um, my my good friend Dimitri was like, oh, Bradley Cooper's not on your list for Best Actor.'" I'm like, "No, because there's other people who I would rather nominate." Yeah. Um, that's fine. Uh, I, You're wrong, I will, but that's I, will fine. I will take the oddball one and support the, what this guy's outfit is wearing, and I'm going to say Rami Malek is one of the performers. Yes, for that. yes. Yeah. absolutely, one hundred percent. No, no, I don't want to interrupt. No, you. no, no. Yeah, I, I, literally, we no, talk so much, but I, 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 I want no. I'm like, I'm literally just trying, trying to like. He just he and he just encaptures everything that is Freddie Mercury, and he I does. mean, I'm so glad that they didn't have him sing. Uh, no. I know a lot of people were complaining about that initially, but you know, I, me and me and my wife Ashley have had conversations about this. Nobody can replace Freddie Mercury's voice, no. so it's great that they didn't even bother trying. Don't even bother. And, Don't even bother uh, trying to do yes. that. And it just his mannerisms, the way he walks and carries himself, yes. and the look, and just everything. He just he he became Freddie Mercury, and he's great. And there's <laughs> something to be said of a very strong performance that 
for lack of a better word, tricks people into thinking they're watching a much watching a much better movie. Yeah, I would disagree I would, and say it's a, it is a better movie, but that's, that's right. <laughs> no, I, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't huge. You know, for uh, example, Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean, Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man. Um, I'm going to be vague because there's an embargo, but Emily Blunt and Mary Poppins Returns. Um, where you have a very a very strong movie star performance that elevates the entire picture to where it is more successful and more acclaimed than it otherwise would be. And I think there's value in that. Yeah, sure, sure. And he captured, I mean, you know, you watch Freddie, you watch the old interviews with Freddie Mercury, you definitely see that Rami was paying attention, and he really got the the little eccentricities. The the he got the heart. He got the heart of Freddie, and it's uh, I'm a fan. I I love the movie more, maybe because I'm a huge Queen fan. Yeah, but I I was enraptured by the music. I was in. I you know I, I think we're you could have had a movie that was a much darker story and a much more telling of his life and and, and but you know in in this day and age. Who wants that? I, yeah. I really wanted a celebration of the music and Freddie, and that's what we got. And Rami, uh, I yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. I think he was amazing. As someone that is both a box office pundit and a film critic, Bohemian Rhapsody is one of those movies where I say, okay, the very reasons that I didn't like it are why it was so successful, mm-hmm. and that's for okay. Sure. You know, the same way with for me with it, or uh, you know, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. You know, the things that I nitpick or Halloween, the the things that I caused me to not like the movie were very savvy commercial choices that paid off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all due respect to those who did like the movie, you know, it's all subjective. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, it's, what? It's, it's subjective. We're not gonna have a fight about no. it like on Twitter. Oh my yeah. gosh! Wow. Um, have for best. <laughs> Speaking of which, Mendelssohn, real quick, what what is another best actor pick for I you? I have two. I'd like to highlight. Yeah, really go quick. for it, please. The conventional choice, although no less deserving, is Ethan Hunt. Or sport. Ethan Hunt in my. No, yeah. <laughs> then we slip Ethan Hawke. Yes. In First Reform. Oh. Which yes. he's been doing wonderful genre work and wonderful quote unquote prestige work for what thirty years. Hmm. Um, this is also a film that along with Black Klansman is going to be looked at as a movie of the moment. It's very briefly, it's a film about a, 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 a preacher, a reverend pastor. Yeah. Pastor. He just, I don't know what his ranking is offhand. Um, (laughs) and he basically has to confront the idea that, you know, what moral responsibility does he have to come out against the, those who would in his church and, for political reasons, would stay silent on the destruction of the planet. Yes. Um, and as well as, quite frankly, this is something that, you know, as the father of two, three youngest children, what moral responsibility do I have as someone that brings children into a world that's might expire in a lifetime? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what kind of world am I bringing my children into? And what moral judgment should I face as someone that knew that and had kids anyway? Mm. Um, obviously, it's a very depressing picture. <laughs> Sounds um, fun. Sounds yeah. like oh, it's, yeah. it's really lighthearted. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, A twenty four clearly has a sense of humor because they sent me the screeners to Hereditary and First Reformed on the night of the midterm elections. Yeah. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> so fortunately, that went okay. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's a terrific old school movie star performance in a very very good, very well reviewed, well received film. The other one is Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible Fallout, ah. which. Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt. <laughs> that has become, over five pictures, his defining role and his most autobiographical role mm-hmm. in a way that, frankly, fascinates me. Um, 
And it's a great movie star performance and a great big budget Hollywood spectacular. And I would, even though it's not going to happen, I would much, much, much rather see him win his Oscar for a movie like that versus, you know, 20 years from now when he's playing an 80 year old writer that finds his, you know, spark again with a 25 year old muse. Yeah. What about Born on the Fourth of July, too? They could make that. You know, well, that was sequel? 30 years too late. Oh, damn yeah, it. But, yeah, no, I... Damn it. Uh, and, you know, I, I would have been thrilled if he won for Magnolia, but, you know, that didn't happen either. Um, but with the idea that he's probably going to... You know, there's something to be said about, you know, movie stars winning for defining roles. You know, whether he was the best of that year or not, I would have had no objection with Stallone winning for Creed, you know, three years ago. For sure, yeah. You know, if he's going to win an acting Oscar, it might as well be for Rocky. Oh, absolutely. Um, and even though I wasn't a huge fan of it... Had Harrison Ford won for The Force Awakens, wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. Um, Jimmy. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry, No, no, Scott. go ahead. I'm going to go with, uh, I got two really quick ones. Yeah. I'm going to go with the obvious Christian Bale and Vice. Oh, yes. That's, I mean, there's, there is, he, I did not see him at all. Mm-hmm. I saw Dick Cheney. It's, it's a phenomenal performance. And it's also a very humanized performance. It, it uh, you know, not getting too political, it, it, it wherever you stand, it, it, he doesn't mock the man. He doesn't, insult the man and he also doesn't make him a hero it's a very very and you do not see christian bale at no, all no. at all another one I, I gotta give and i loved logan marshall green in upgrade interesting amazing performance wild funny yeah. charming I, I i love this performance i love the movie so you know he he's got my my oddball pick but i, I think he's great i love that performance a lot if you liked venom Hey, I love Venom. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I mean, it's a better version of... Yeah, uh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> no, if you like Venom, you'll love Upgrade. Absolutely. There you if you go. liked Upgrade, check out Bad Samaritan when you get a chance. Hmm. But that's another story. Mm. Interesting. All right. So we we unfortunately that there was this shame of this show being a little, we should have asked for more time initially Sorry. because this... No, no, it's okay. No, no. We I knew we were going to always have too much to, to cover. So real quick, uh, just like we did in our group, uh, if you had to, and I know you have something... For best picture, give it, everyone give one choice. Star is born. Paddington two. Good choice. There the you go. Choice. I would be fine with that. And <laughs> I'm going with hate you give. Just because I just feel like like yeah. we talked about already. It just it needs to be seen and those are my important. two favorites by a mile. Three of the best films of the year, in my opinion. Yeah. Although, yeah. yeah I agree. I think absolutely. all all these are great choices. Hope they'll be nominated. So uh real quick, just uh Spill out where you where we can find you and all that good stuff. Promote the hell out of yourselves. Forbes.com, Google Forbes, Scott Mendelson, the ticket booth, some variation thereof. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, and that's I have other social media accounts, but I don't actually participate them with them. <laughs> um, they're just there for sharing my posts. So yeah, uh, Scott Mendelson at Facebook, has or uh, Scott Mendelson Twitter, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Tudio, Twitter, James Oster. I work for JoeBlow.com, ArrowInTheHead.com. I'm a part of Flicks for Fans. Come and see me at the, uh, the Arclight for Anna and the Apocalypse this weekend. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. You know, Snapchat, whatever. I don't care. I'm on it, probably. 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 You Usually have a Snapchat? I do, and I never use it, really. But really? it's kind of lame, yeah. It's yeah, no, lame. I don't use no My buddy Snapchats. got it, me into it, and now I'm just kind of like, it's kind of lame. Gucci! Gucci! <laughs> um, Actually, I did it wrong, but, you know, that's all right. Yeah, we're supposed to do it like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did, I did this for some reason. I'm like, Nixon. <laughs> Tricky <Tricky-dick. laughs> Yeah. 
checkers. Um, anyway, um, I want to say thank you, of course, for watching this show. Next week, we're going to have uh, another jam-packed episode uh, because the nominees will be out. So we're going to be talking about what we thought of those uh, who was snubbed. You know, we can snub people, too. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're curious to see what that's going to be. So uh, check out the show next week. Uh, like, comment, and subscribe. Tune into the other shows here on the Popcorn Talk Network. I, of course, am Scott Menzel of We Live Entertainment. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. Until next time, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Gucci. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.